0: Tip. Good
1: afternoon. It is October 23rd, 2023. You're listening to a little column a, a, little column B. Hosted by Will Levenos and co-hosted by Zach Bishop. How are you doing today, buddy?
0: What is going on, Will? I am doing excellent. The Patriots won. They beat the Bills. Out of all of the games that we've played in the past month, this is probably the one I expected them to win the, the, the least. I came in with zero expectations, just like last week. because was like, I'm not even going to be bothered to put this on the second screen. I'm just going to watch Red Zone. They'll check in. I'm sure Mac Jones will throw a pick six uh, on the first or second drive. We'll be down and we'll never recover. But no, we kick a field goal. We go up three to nothing. And I think that would just might be what we have to do. Is we just have to get the lead. Then everybody gets confidence. But even going up three, it was just that was a win in itself. Oh, hey, look at that. We're beating the we're beating the Bills. And then we even went up ten. And then we were up ten at the half, and still was just uh, okay. And then we 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 I just assumed. You you even said it, like this is the most uh, strategic st- tanking I've ever seen where the Bills score and, you know, if Tom Brady's back there, oh, easy. Under two minutes, this is Tom Brady time. But with Mac, it's just, oh, no, oh boy, what, what what's going to happen here? But sure enough, out of nowhere, Mac two-minute drill, right down the field, scores with, you know, not too fast, not too slow, the perfect amount. And Boom. I I was really concerned that we were going to just end up kicking the field goal and, you know, we got the rookie field goal kicker. So what happens there? That's a toss up. And then overtime, you don't, you don't really want to go to overtime against Josh Allen, but no, we just win in regulation. Uh, I just, and then the rest of the day, it just a complete, just, just, it was so, so surprising. It was so surprising that it really just lifted my whole mood just for the rest of the day. Of, and just reminded me, like, winning is just it's just so much more much fun than losing.
1: It was a thought-provoking win, for sure. Just looking at it and being like, well, if we'd had this in any of the other games this year, like, we were in a lot of close games, and we blew a lot of close games. I think that was the more surprising thing of this whole game is that we not only gave out a couple punches early and actually got a lead, which we haven't done all year, but we took a punch and gave one back for the win. A huge drive at the end here, just making huge plays out of nothing. nothing. Just Stevenson looks great. Elliott looks better. You know, we have wide open receivers all of a sudden we're we're slinging the ball around and there was a swagger and a confidence at the line that Mac just looked like he had it. He looked like he knew what he was doing. He looked like he wasn't worried. Everyone seemed to be on the same page. It was, it was refreshing and thought provoking to think of a whole lot of what if situations. And it's, not winning me over at all. I'm sorry, it's not. I I, I I want to have a whole lot more confidence in this team, but it's really, it's really like a good win that I'm celebrating the way we played. I, I I'm enjoying that we played good quality football, but I'm not buying into this team at all. I'm not buying into this offense at all. I think these are just some Buffalo Blues at this point, and they're gonna turn it around, and we are not. However, I I joked I joked with you throughout this whole game, like we should have celebrated more earlier when we were winning <laughs> and we were dominating. And then it like got grim for a little bit. There it was like, Oh my God, we're really going to blow this. Like I didn't even like, I, I I didn't expect to win. That's why I said that we really should have celebrated more earlier when we were winning. We were kicking their ass for a little bit there. And I said last week going into this week, that if there was a week to play Buffalo, this was a good one. They I've now lost two in a row. Their defense gave up 29 points to the new England Patriots. I I, that's not a good defense. I don't know. There's no way to sell me on that defense. That's that's concerning. And something just appeared off. I mean, even the turnovers were kind of strange. They don't always have the greatest running game. It just felt like Buffalo was missing something. And I don't know if it's injuries or just a partial hangover or maybe maybe it's perhaps what we are now is a huge trap game with everyone doubting us and expecting the New England Patriots not to show up. I mean, has everyone just marked us as a win? Is, is that what really happened here?
0: I, I Probably. I mean, you watch the way that we played uh, the last few games. Just, we couldn't score. Almost quite literally couldn't score. So, the, the Bills are actually a good team. The past two teams we played, I don't think are very good. So, I have no idea what got into Mac Jones, what got into the, into the whole team. Then uh, it comes out uh, during the game that Belichick has signed an extension but he signed the extension in the offseason this is almost like with the uh but to, uh, like times 100 uh with the Celtics signing Van Gundy and not announcing it someone had to discover it it's, it's like how did someone discover this was they're there like a, a breadcrumb trail and just there was one real uh reporter that was just really dedicated and just kept following it Like, how is this not no, news. How was this not broken when this happened? We, we got all these uh, news breakers that are giving us uh, all, all these bums and this seems like it'd be pretty big news and we've, we haven't been discussing it so much but we collectively, you know, the media has been saying, oh, you know, is, is Belichick going to stick around? You know, Is, is he going to retire? Is he going to go to another team? Meanwhile, he, he's under contract so, I mean, that doesn't mean for sure that he's sticking around but if there's a longer term deal, it's for sure headed in that direction.
1: The news is weird that we didn't know about it earlier, but had we found out about it apparently when it happened in the preseason or summer, however you want to describe the timetable of all this, it wouldn't have been news at all. It would have been like, oh, yeah, well, of course we're having – like, we're not getting rid of Belichick. Why would we do that? That's a ridiculous idea. It's more he's than
0: immediately going to go to another team and go against us.
1: Well, that's, that's – I mean, yeah, there's a whole lot of reasons you don't want to move on. And who the hell wants to replace him? Like, who are you – who's signing up to say, I want to come in and take over this after that? No, no, that's a short line. I don't. I know it's a NFL coaching opportunity that nobody's had in years, in decades at New England, right here. But there's, I think there's way better opportunities elsewhere, and I don't think anyone's like in line to try to fill those shoes. So it's much more news now because of the results we've had. But I, I still don't think it's even that much of a news. Like we're, like, we're not moving on. Like it's going to be up to him if he wants to get out. Like that, I just don't. Like how, how much worse could it actually get before we actually say no? I want to move on from Belichick. I'm not there yet. We're getting pretty close. But I still look at, like, who else would you want? Like, who are you replacing this with with all the problems we have? The only way we are ever going to win any of the games like we did yesterday is with actual player development, which Belichick's supposedly really good at and has a really good career of doing that. I don't see other coaches doing that. I, I, some coaches are able to do something with nothing, but he's the best one at it. So I still don't think we have a lot here, and the only one that's going to be able to do something with this whole bunch of roster and nothing is is him. So I, I, don't, I don't think it's as groundbreaking news as it should be. It's just weird, like you said, that we didn't know about it. And I, I wonder, like, do you think Belichick's side leaked this or this is New England leaked this or this is some completely other party that has no interest in all just saying, like, why is nobody found this out yet?
0: I I really don't know. I mean, a lot of times I have some sort of, it's just, hey, what side would, would leak this? But this is almost like, like a reverse leak. And, I, yeah, I just have no idea how this made it. It's not week one. It's not, this. all right, yeah, this happened last week or a couple weeks ago, but, you know, we really focused on the season. It's almost Halloween. This is at least two months old and just very bizarre.
1: If, if anything, maybe we should be crediting the privacy and the respect that this organization is still able to do. Tight, tight grip on everything. Nothing leaks. not from Not from the coaching side, not from the ownership side, and not from anyone else. And, and it may be a knowledge that no one else knew, other than the only parties that needed to know. And then word got around, or you know what probably happened? Somebody probably told someone like, "You guys need to really stop this firing Belichick story, like immediately. Like this guy, this guy's under contract. Like this, this needs to stop." And, and maybe is that is that the like is this a is this like a protection for Belichick? Like, don't worry, he's safe. He's not going anywhere. He he signed this. We didn't think it was news, but now it's kind of news.
0: Maybe it, it just, uh, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's very weird, but I, uh I it just it's still, still kind of surprised by it, but glad, glad that he's around. uh I know that we've been struggling and there's a lot of, Oh, we'll see Belichick can't win if he doesn't have Tom Brady. It's like, well, Tom Brady is the best ever. They had a great run together as a group. I think both of them brought something to the table that since then we just have not had that at quarterback. So, but I don't think it's just to run it off of just like, well, nope, clearly he can't do it if he doesn't have the absolute best. It's like, it's not like he's had even an average quarterback. He's had below average to terrible at times, specifically this year. And it's always, what have you done for me lately? But let's just go, you know, not that long ago. And yes, this was with Tom Brady, but Belichick won the Super Bowl in 2018. Since 2018, the Chiefs have won uh, two Super Bowls and uh, the Bucks won and the Rams won. So that means since Belichick has won a Super Bowl, only three other coaches have won Super Bowls. So you're asking, like, who are you going to replace this with? Like, you have that. That's always the thing. Oh, no, we want to get rid of it. You have to bring someone new in. Are you bringing in a former Super Bowl champion? Like, wh- what are you bringing in that is really going to. Be at, at, at another level for sure. If Bill says I'm done, I don't like it here. Uh, you know, I I want to go somewhere else. Well, then then you have to. But at this point, I'm not shoving him out the door, and that had nothing to do with the win specifically this week. I was even thinking this last week as it was getting to like it just getting more and more jokes and just uh no, he, he lost his fastball. There there's nothing there. It just it's like I I just don't think you just lose you just lose everything. This isn't a, a physical. Uh, trait it's not like you know it's so close because coaches and, and athletes but an athlete could just lose their physical quality just because they get older and they think that's how physics work but this is i think he still has all of the all of the brain power and all of the hey i'm gonna grind to make this happen and so i just think you he at some point will lose it but you don't lose it nearly as fast as, as an athlete would lose it
1: you know he's just got to hold on till those grandkids are hired you know once they're in the system then i think he walks away you know, then, then once everyone in the family is employed, then 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 we're good. Then he's really taking care of everyone he needs to take care of, just a little bit longer.
0: You don't think that's getting blown up of proportion, too? Well, he's not the only one that has a has a uh, uh, a son that's coaching with him. That's no. happening. That's happening. Other places. I. I and it's not like there's like, like ten of them. Yeah. I, I think that's that's something that's getting that's just it's a joke. If we were winning. What doesn't even get mentioned? It's just when you're losing, just everything kind of comes up, and it just you gotta. There's there's a lot more things to to poke at.
1: Oh, like they like you said, it's we care about Belichick. That's the that's the story. That's the target. He's related to him literally. That there's he's he's become a target because of his relation, and that's probably the most unrelated thing ever. It's it's not it's it's not how we should be picking apart everybody. But we have been making picks every week on the teams we hope to win and expect to win every week on this podcast we go through them and this was not a good week this should have been a good week this was not a good week and I don't know if my my fantasy sours are just like you can you can hear it like just easing out of my voice the frustration but my, my picks weren't great I don't think yours were any better we're still getting our ass kicked by Nate which is even more insulting are we gonna turn around this week like what what are we doing wrong do you want to should I just go the opposite of our, all of our picks? Like I'm getting, I'm getting close to doing something different here because it hasn't been, we haven't been killing these picks at all.
0: I think in general it's hey, we haven't been doing well, but if you were to go to the opposite, it would be worse. But I think this past week, that was not the case. Uh, I don't know how other people are doing better because it was, was it three, three of the four, one in five teams, won. So that was unexpected. The Patriots win. Uh, I think by game time, it was a seven and a half point, uh, spread but I think it opened closer to nine nine and a half so this is a this is a pretty big underdog win this wasn't close to close to a coin flip so I, I I don't I don't know I would like to be better this week I'm watching all of the games it's not uh you know I've been busy on Sundays and so I haven't been watching I'm watching all the games I'm listening to all the podcasts I, I feel like in general I got a good handle on things but then when the picks come around it just it's bad the only thing that is just like giving me life is that as bad as i've been you've been just as bad step by step which is still even maybe even more confusing because it's not like we're picking the same teams i feel like the past few weeks we've had a healthy d- diverse picks but somehow the way that the teams and the math works out it, it, somehow we're, we're still both wrong
1: it's i do try to come in with the picks and be a- a little bit more bold, a little bit more outrageous, a little bit more risky with some of them. And then to see that kind of results happen but not for the teams you expected to, or it's just it just hit me. It's it started to add up a little bit where it's like I'm picking the wild stuff to happen and it is happening, just not the team I'm picking. Like they like you said I could have picked any of the underdogs of those. I I might have gotten one of them, but not not going well. But we're going to do better this week, right? This is going to be the week. Kicking it off. I mean at
0: some point, at some point, you know, we're getting to Halloween. This is where you know the good teams they really start to to turn it on. And you know, me as a as a good picker, you know, I'm am a defending champion. I think this is about the time, you know, stop messing around, stop testing things out. I've tested things out. Now I need to go with the, the proven strategy and go go for the win. I
1: didn't realize there was a championship belt at stake here. It's a champion. Yeah, all right, go ahead. Take the title. It's a it's a podcast segment here. All right, you're not gonna be hanging this one up.
0: Oh. Was I not supposed to? It's already been hanging up since last year, since I won it. I hang up all the, every time I beat you, it's, it's hanging up. That's that's the only artwork I have in my apartment.
1: I think everyone assumes that we do this podcast on a Zoom chat where I'm able to see you and see the whiteboard behind you if you just notch it up with the winds. And and the reality yeah. is we do this strictly over the phone. So I don't actually get to see any of that. So for all we know, that might be true. Well, we'll never get to see inside and behind the walls of what, what what's actually going on over there, but We will get to see this Thursday, Tampa Bay versus Buffalo. We talked a lot about Buffalo in the opening game, the opening of this. And I I assume this team's not going to lose to Tampa Bay. All right. But I also assumed that that team was not going to lose to the New England Patriots. It's a Thursday. It's a quick turnaround. You know, I thought Baker killed me in fantasy. And then when I saw the final score, I was like, how did that even happen? This team only scored 13 points and he had like close to 20 in fantasy. I, I can't I can't pick against Buffalo even though we have every reason kind of to I just assume we get it back on schedule here. This is not a bad football team. They might have just gotten a couple bad performances. I, I I don't know how to explain it because it's I can't talk myself into picking Tampa Bay, but I, I'm aware that Buffalo has now lost two in a row. It and, and it looks like it's trending the wrong way, and this would be a trend that says they should lose this week. But I think the short week's going to kill Tampa Bay. I'll take Buffalo at home. Who you got?
0: I'm also going to go Buffalo at home. Just the, the Buccaneers just lost at home to the Falcons, and like that 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 division is just not not very good. And at some point, some point Buffalo's got to turn it around. I know that's what everyone said when they played the Patriots, but I think, like you said, that it was a little more of a trap game. And now, all right, we got caught in the trap. Now we need to get out of the trap. But a question for you before we move on to the the next one: What's up with this NFL scheduling where we have six? teams on by one week and then this week we have no buys is this because it moved to uh 17 weeks i don't ever remember there being once by week started a week where there was no buys
1: i can't i can't explain it it's some fantasy algorithm that makes no sense to me it's just i think it's more i think it actually has a relation to fantasy where it's like you know you guys think you're all good at this game let's let's make it actually challenging let's let's just Shuffle it up a little bit more. We'll make some random weeks. where, And then in the TV scheduling, too, where it's like Red Zone gets wild when there's not a whole lot of games going on. It's like, I, what am I? I'm just watching football. This is weird. I want to just see nonstop highlights. And with all the games going uh, th- this week, I think that performs a lot better. I can't explain it, though. There, there isn't a rest there, there a It just a seems, just seems yeah. odd.
0: Like, you'd want to spread it out. And so, you know, you have four teams off last week, and then you have two this week rather than six and zero. We're just – it, it was a odd quirk as I was filling out the the, the picks for this week and was looking was like oh six sixteen that that means every team's playing this week oh yep sure is okay well more football
1: more more football all right going on to Sunday here we have the Los Angeles Rams at the Dallas Cowboys Cowboys coming off a bye Puka Nakua continues to just get a whole bunch of catches unfortunately no one else really got a whole lot of catches for the Rams as they lost to the Steelers. The running back situation is also strange where Kyron Williams goes down last week. So not a whole lot of, you know, he didn't think a whole lot of news would have come beyond that other than like the backup behind him, the rookie, would eventually get the start. And that's not what happened at all. By Saturday, they had signed two former running backs who jumped the line, by the way, just just skipped ahead of, uh, I believe it was Zach Evans, who I had on my team. It's just everything went wrong this week. This is a disaster, but I... I I can't, I can't figure out how this team manages to have offense and how Puka is the only one who manages to catch the ball when they have such a sloppiness of, of everything else on offense. I'll take Dallas coming off a bye. Micah Parsons is coming around the corner if he's healthy, and he's going to eat up the, the, the Rams at home. So I'll take Dallas. Who you got? I'm also
0: going to go with Dallas. Uh, Rams coming off the the loss to the Steelers. You, you mentioned the, the running back issues. Yeah, I just think they're starting to, uh, to, to get banged up, and they – They have some of the the guys and if they usually like they can beat like an average team, I expected them expected that they were going to beat the Steelers, but I think going against Dallas, especially Dallas is you know fully fresh, ready to go. So yeah, I'll take Dak and the Cowboys.
1: All right. Next game, the battle of the two and fours, Minnesota Vikings versus the green Bay Packers in division here. This isn't going to be a pretty game. I'm taking Minnesota. I don't really have a whole lot to tell you on why you should. I just, I saw green Bay play and they lost to Denver and that just seems that seems bad. That doesn't seem good. That doesn't seem like something you want to have going into the next week. Jordan Love, I, I don't know. I don't see it. I don't see it. I'm still not seeing it. I mean, are you seeing it? I don't. What am I looking for? Is, is there anything to see here? What can you take away from this team?
0: They're playing the Vikings.
1: That's it, right? And I've already else.
0: made a deal with myself that I'm not picking the Vikings anymore. So I'm going
1: with Green Bay. Really? Yes. You don't think that Minnesota is like the better? Like these are both Minnesota teams. Essentially, these are both Viking teams that find ways to lose games, that do questionable stuff, even though they have yes. impressive plays nonetheless. You you don't think like they're the Vikings are going to out Viking the Packers here, right? Like that's going to be fine. Is that what you're, that's what you're claiming? You you think the Chargers to out Charger themselves? And I'm telling you, Minnesota is the that, is the truer Viking. exactly.
0: Here. That's exactly why I'm going to go in and. Alright, Kirk Cousins, alright, yeah, you know the Vikings, you know, they they got some guys, yeah, they they should win. They're really good last year. And then no, no, that you pick them, and then on Sunday afternoon you go and look and you say, Why'd I pick the Vikings again? So I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not gonna drive myself crazy. We mentioned before this pod that we've been struggling with picks, so you know
1: The Packers just I, lost I made to Denver. Them this rule. You don't the their 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 tight end left the last play with a broken knee. their Christian Watson's injured again. Like they this team had more more handoffs to AJ Dillon this past week, and Aaron Jones was healthy. I don't understand what's going on in Green Bay. That I can't I can't invest on that team. I will take Minnesota all day. I'm not locking it in, but I, I can't believe you're you're picking the Packers if they just lost to Denver. Like that seems, I I just I don't know. That seems kind of excusable. You bit. gotta
0: you gotta hit rock bottom to start your way back up, and I think losing to the Broncos is rock bottom. So now you gotta start going back up.
1: I refuse to admit I have a problem. All right, that, that's this, this is that, denial. This is, this is perfect. <laughs> that's very healthy. <laughs> Move it on. Next game, Atlanta Falcons at the Tennessee Titans. You want another healthy scratch here of, of scratching your head and a literal he- healthy scratch? Bijan had a had a headache and wasn't feeling well this past weekend, so he played one play and then said, "Yeah, I don't have it anymore. I I, I can't do this." They were won- Atlanta wins an ugly game against Tampa Bay, 16-3. The only good news I can tell you about Atlanta is when they do throw it to Kyle Pitts, he does a pretty cool catch, these one-handed things. I'm getting used to it. I wish they'd throw the ball a little bit more. I, Tennessee's coming off a bye. I, it should be a better team. They should be better prepared. They should be able to beat Atlanta. Yet, I'm still going to take Atlanta because I'm done picking Tannehill too. I've been burned on that, and Atlanta has kind of burned me the past couple of weeks, but I'm, I'm still going to go with them. I, I think Ritter is a complete disaster but. He has these plays where you know he throws it so inaccurately to Pitts, and Pitts makes a really cool highlight. That's that's what I'm rooting for. And I think he's gonna do that a couple more times, and Tennessee will be able to. So I will take Atlanta on the road. Who you got?
0: Uh, just want to just make a little alteration to what you just said. Uh, Falcons won 16 to 13 because it was a uh, Young huku hit the uh, hit the game winner. So he'd been having a little bit a little bit of trouble earlier in the season, but he that was a game winner. Uh, so you know. Want to just give a uh, give a shout out. I know last week the kickers were, were extremely bad, and this week some of there were some kickers that struggled, but Ku was not one of them as he hit, uh hit, hit the game winner. I am also not picking the, the Titans. I don't think that the Titans are, are good. I'm not specifically on board with the Falcons and with Ritter, but it's just I I think they just got like a little bit of something and they, they, they will be beat beat the Titans because the Titans just there's something not right over there.
1: Hey, one-handed catches are worth more, right?
0: It was a sweet, almost like behind the back catch. And like you said, anybody else, the the quarterback throws it better. And I don't know, maybe it just doesn't work, but I have no idea how even once he caught it, how, when he was corralling it in and about to get hit, that it didn't get dislodged and just knocked out. I I have no idea how he held on that ball. That was an amazing catch.
1: There's still something incredibly intriguing about Pitts. I, I refuse to let it die out. I know it has been a disaster in fantasy, and not like Atlanta has truly had all the success, offensively specifically that they'd hoped for. But every time and then he does a a play like that, and you're like, oh, I kind of I kind of see it. I see it again. Like I saw the I saw the first round pick and the the hands and the size and the these to the speed and it's it's a little exciting. I there, there's nothing to excited about until they figure out their quarterback situation, but. I'm, I'm I'm letting the the Pitts legend kind of live on a little bit longer than it probably should. Uh moving on. New Orleans Saints at the Indianapolis Colts. Man, I I I don't know what to say about it other than Garner Minshew is just a baller. All right. He puts up thirty eight against Cleveland Browns. Almighty Cleveland, the defense that everyone's feared that I have stouted and thought that this was gonna be a really big deal the whole year. But well, they didn't even have a bad game either. I, I still thought Miles Garrett had an incredible game and they they barely won. I thought Minshew played good enough to win I think he'll play good enough to win this upcoming week if you're in New Orleans you got beat up by Jacksonville which we're going to talk a little bit about later on Thursday I I just I can't believe I just can't believe some of the quarterbacks that these teams are, are going out there with and I say that as a Patriot fan who is holding his head high after one one win after one win and there's not a whole lot to be happy about here but I'll take Indianapolis at home and and I'm just riding the mustache. Let's go let's go with Minshew, right? Let's Jonathan Taylor, he's back, he's healthy. I saw a little zoomies out of him. This this should be locking in for an Indianapolis win. I'm doing it. Who you got?
0: I'm going with the Colts. Minshew will do something. Uh, I do not like what I see out of Derek Carr. Uh both where he's throwing it and then what his expectations are afterwards, where he throws it out of bounds and then is seems to be mad at a uh, at Alave where, like, how are you mad at that guy? You're the one that threw the ball out of bounds so he couldn't catch it. So I, I don't like what's going on. It seems like every game he gets knocked down and there's a possibility that he's, uh, you know, going to be out. And I I just want to know part of the Saints. Uh, and then it's, it's too bad about Anthony Richardson uh, being done for the year. He was definitely a, uh, uh, a you know, an up-and-comer that looked, looked promising. So hopefully he can, you know, do, do his rehab and be back on the mend and be back next year.
1: All right, next game, fun one. New England Patriots at the Miami Dolphins. I don't know if you heard, but the Patriots won. What last part of week. this
0: about this is fun?
1: That we and I get to introduce it, like, hey, we won last week, and this other team didn't. You know what I wrote ah. underneath? You know what I wrote underneath underneath Miami here? I wrote this team scored seventy with a question mark. This this team, this team that I just saw last night scored seventy. I don't even think Philly's the most dominant defense, let alone offense. I'm sure, Waddle wasn't healthy. H uh, Acheon is 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 not out there right now. I, I Miami's going to win this game. I'm still picking them, but I think they have they have they should definitely be concerned. And uh, this this is definitely a frisky New England Patriot team that I think just takes more pride in being spoilers at this point. And nothing spoils in their division more than than beating Miami at home. I would love to see a win here. I just can't do it. Who you got?
0: Uh, I'm going with Miami we got our big win last week uh, and rather than somehow that improving our, our chances like I said was before we were a, a plus touchdown favorite last time we are a double digit underdog in this game so you can't just do this every week there's a reason that we've been terrible uh, I would love for Mac to make it interesting but I just don't think I can put that on my shoulders.
1: I think we've used our our one clutch gene out of out of Mac already. You get you get one use. We already played the card. I can't It's, it's you know, at home it, it's 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 fun. We we should have celebrated more. We maybe should celebrate more before this game. We we have until Sunday. I think to enjoy and milk as much joy out of the last week before Miami wakes up and scores a bunch of points again. I I just I can't believe this offense has been able to be silenced like like it has. I, I, it's going to explode at some point. I'm worried it's going to be against us moving on New York Jets at the New York Giants home and home battle of New York Jets coming off a bye I'm just saying the Giants won last week sure that's that's fine i they they beat washington i believe and it doesn't even matter because i'm still taking the jets that was an
0: ugly game
1: i'm taking the jets that defense alone like i'm giving the jets defense 10 points and i'm not giving anyone else any points in this game it's going to be 10 out the jets defense zero jets offense zero giants offense jets defense 10 they, they should get their own win in, in their own column and their own win call because this, this is going to be an ugly game here. I, I, I don't have I don't want to talk about it anymore. Who you got?
0: I'm also going with the Jets. Uh, the Giants aren't good. Uh, Tyrod is out there doing some stuff. Uh, the real problem is that it looks like he might be better than Daniel Jones. And they just gave Daniel Jones a bunch of money. And it's not like Tyrod is like really killing it. It's just, Oh wow. Okay. Like he's just kind of being, you know, not awful. So I think there might be a, uh, I think there might be a problem uh, in New York there. So yes, I am going with the Jets.
1: Yeah, who do you think is gonna have more home fans? Jets or Giants? Giants. Even in the same stadium that the other team plays in.
0: Yeah, I think I think there's more Giants fans, but I could be wrong.
1: You know, it'll be it'll be more. Even uh, the the LA games have been really brutal. Like the the the, the Pittsburgh LA game that was. It's just all Pittsburgh fans. It's, this game is in L.A. It's, it's not even near Pittsburgh. It's in so That's far. That's because
0: all the, the L.A. Everyone's at the beach. And New York, they they want they like football. They're they're going to the football game.
1: It's pretty brutal out in L.A. All right, moving on. Jacksonville Jaguars at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Jacksonville's five and two. Pittsburgh is four and two. I'm gonna read off some of the victories here of Jacksonville and some of the victories of Pittsburgh. Jacksonville won this past week against New Orleans, thirty-one to twenty-four. We we could go up and down and talk about how how bad New Orleans just it's just not that great of a team. All right, next win, thirty seven twenty against the Colts. All right, I don't I don't even know which quarterback they played, but either way, it's, it's just the Colts. That's really not a that's really not a great win. Then they beat Buffalo twenty five twenty. That that's better, but you know Buffalo just lost to New England, and you know I know we're Pats fans. I'm just gonna let that say what it says. And then they also beat Atlanta twenty three seven. That's those those are four questionable wins one that you could argue is pretty good I'll hold on to the Buffalo one I'll give you that but the other three not great losses they lost to Houston 37-17 they lost to Kansas City 17-9 so like how I don't even know how good this team is you go by the record and it's like well you can only really you can only win the games that you play on the schedule but I don't think any of these wins are worth really anything if you go to Pittsburgh it's the same thing they just beat the Rams, 24-17. They beat Baltimore 17 10. Now Baltimore looked better, I'll give you that. But the team that they beat really wasn't that great. They beat the the Raiders that weren't great. And they beat Cleveland that had that weird fluky game that Keasley that could have went another way, that Cleveland probably should have won. And they also lost to Houston, thirty to six. And they lost to the Niners thirty to seven. So I one of these teams might be good, or one of these teams is probably gonna make the playoffs. I I don't know which one's gonna be. I, I out of the wins, I just tallied up here. I would guess I came to the conclusion that I was more impressed with the Steelers ones, but there really isn't anything impressive about either of these teams. And I, I could see you make an argument for Jacksonville, but are they going to beat a real team? And is this win even going to count as a real win? Because I think these are two phonies. I'll take Pittsburgh at home, but I, I wouldn't be feeling great about either of these teams. Who are you picking?
0: I'm going with Jacksonville because I think that Pittsburgh are the phonies.
1: One of them is. One, one of them is. I, 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 I was out on Jacksonville coming into the year, so I I think I've just chosen to continue to pick apart them, and I was in on Pittsburgh coming in, and that's been a shaky start. And somehow they are four and two. You could convince me that this team hasn't won a single game this year based on every highlight I can recall from this whole year. Like, Can you you recall, like, oh, yeah, Pittsburgh, other than a massive bomb play?
0: Yeah, I I was surprised when, when I went through and looked. Steelers are four and two with Kenny Pickett? Ugh. I don't know about that. That seems, that seems pretty shaky. And you, you know, you, you just read off and not like the, the Jaguars wins are much more impressive, but I I just think the, the Steelers are, if they continue on this run, I, you know, they could just kind of be in that giants Vikings category from last year, where it's like, I don't know how they keep tripping their way, you know, failing upwards, but I I don't think they're for real.
1: They they might not be. If your offense is not an offense until you get desperate and, you just throw a couple Hail marys, and then suddenly it's like, yeah, oh, no, no, see, that's offense. That's, that's how you do it. It's just it's a numbers game. You just gotta gotta throw the ball to Pickett and pickett's it. is like seven hundred times, and then eventually it'll just work this one time. It's it's crazy. It's crazy that I don't know if it's coaching or what, but they they're winning games that I don't think they have any business in winning, and they're gonna do another one this week if you, depending how you feel about Jacksonville. Moving on, Philadelphia Eagles at the Washington Commanders. Phillies, uh, six and one. Taking care of business, A.J. Brown, monster. I have nothing nice to say about Washington. They lost to the Giants, so we both agree not very good. Uh, gonna have to do, just going to have to do a lot better offensively. Uh, this Washington team was putting up some points earlier in the year. They only put up seven against the Giants. They're not going to have any chance against Philly if you're only putting up seven points. Uh, I'll take Philly. On the road, who you got?
0: We'll also be going with the Eagles. They really manhandled uh, the Dolphins in that high-potent offense, so that was impressive, as well as... I don't know how, how much longer Howell is going to be able to stand back there. Uh, the record for most sacks in a season was uh, uh, David Carr in 2002 with 76. I believe I saw he, before this game, was on pace to get sacked 96 times, and then he got sacked... Uh, more and now he's on pace to for the season get sacked 97 times so not just breaking the record shattering the record and that's only assuming if he can stay out there so they really need to figure out that line and he needs to get rid of the ball sooner or he is not gonna be being the quarterback for much longer so he he better look out for those for those eagles coming in
1: it's not gonna be a pretty game yeah i thought he looked all right i've seen plays where Howell has made it holding on to the ball is definitely concerning but I think his receivers, like, he's got a lot of help that other other quarterbacks, I think, wish they had. Like, I think other teams wish they had a McLaurin or, or even, I mean, uh, was, uh, Curtis Samuel has been kind of coming alive a little bit the past couple of weeks. Or any of the running backs between Gibson and, was it McLaughlin? I think is a new one they got on there. And then Brian Robinson's only, I think, on his second or third year. Like, they have they have some weapons on here. I I, I just got to get rid of the ball. You know, or not throw the ball to the other team. It's it's, it's kind of important to offense. Mo- moving on. Houston Texans at the Carolina Panthers. Both these teams were on a bye last week, so not a whole lot of new news beyond anything other than I think CJ is the, the better rookie. And I think Houston's got a chance to really turn this season around. They are 3-3. Three and three. This could be above five hundred. Carolina is 0-6, and, and no reason to turn this around at all. No reason. Just... Lose them all. Nothing happening here. I'll take Houston on the road. Who you got?
0: Give me Houston on the road. Panthers have one. Don't see it happening this week.
1: Next game, Cleveland Browns at the Seattle Seahawks. You know, Cleveland, They I know they won, but they also gave up 38 points to Carter Mitchell. Their quarterback situation is unexplainable in a lot of different ways. Of One, the disappointment of Deshaun Watson, and then concerning... He goes out, they're on a bye last week. The week before that, he's out with a shoulder injury. Everyone coming into this game is, is like, all right, he's back. He's doing all this. He doesn't even have an injury designation going into the game, which, you know, he might have been fifty percent, might not have been a hundred percent, but he didn't come in as like a questionable guy at all. Gets knocked around in this game, goes into concussion protocol after playing a miserable first well, first half almost. I think he goes out halfway through the second quarter. I think two two interceptions it wasn't even that it I mean look the turnovers are brutal they they happen all right mistakes other defenses make plays it's fine it was just that there was no upside of like who are you throwing it to? what are you nothing nothing positive happened to the point where he doesn't even make it back out of concussion protocol he clears it to the point where they acknowledge and even have to say on the broadcast he does not have a concussion and then there was all right so is this shoulder re-aggravated can we just get a report on that and then it's kind of like lightly said that like his shoulder wasn't bothering him, but it didn't sound like they really slapped the injury designation on him either. And they kind of benched him, right? Like, is that what happened here? They benched him. And the worst part about all of it is I think they were better off benching him. And I thought what PJ who came in had a better game than he was having. And they had a chance to win that game. And they did win that game. Now I just say that the Cleveland defense against whatever Geno is bringing this, this week is, is going to win. Like I, Good luck, Gino. I, I, I really do wish you luck. I hope you survive to manage it out of this weekend. Because this whoever the quarterback ends up being on the other side, Gino will probably be better then. But that quarterback doesn't have to face the Cleveland Brown defense. So I will take Cleveland on the road, even with all that, even without Watson. I'm I'm done with Watson. Let's not even start him. Let's just act like we didn't even trade him and that there's just damaged goods at this point and that it's it's over. I've seen enough. I haven't seen it ever come back. I don't think it is gonna come back. So I'm I'm out. Let's move on to the new new quarterback regime of whoever it is and uh, that's all Cleveland needs, just someone out there. Who you got?
0: I am not going that direction. No. I I am going with the with the Seahawks. Cleveland is just it's you 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 touched on it and you you explained it, but I feel like it's just it's even more more weird and I just can't imagine that when your quarterback might have been benched might not have been healthy like that can't affect the rest of the team going in of, well, is he going to play? Is he not? Like what is the direction of this team? Miles Garrett is doing all sorts of just crazy things on, on on the defensive end, trying to will his team to victory. But the offensive side is where, and then he he was making awesome plays, but they still gave up 30 plus points to, to Gardner Minshew. So that's not great. Uh, yeah. I mentioned the, the, the Giants having their quarterback problems. Just want to throw this out here. Uh Patrick Mahomes, arguably the uh, the best quarterback in the you know the game right now. He is on a ten year, four hundred and fifty million dollar contract. Not guaranteed. So he gets forty five mil a year, once again, not guaranteed. Deshaun Watson, he's on a five year two hundred thirty, that equals forty six million per year. That is guaranteed. And that contract just started uh, last year. So they are not going to be able to walk away from him. It's guaranteed, which is pretty unusual for football. Uh, You know, that was big news when that came out. So they have all the incentives to try to make sure this thing works. But I I don't know what it was, but he has not even come close to the quarterback that he was before he was suspended uh, with all all the allegations.
1: And everything about the situation is better for him, too. Everything. It's a better defense, better weapons, better running backs. I know they've had injuries, but even Ford, who's the backup now, is better than anything he ever had in Houston. In Houston, he did everything, though. He was able to run. He was able to throw. He was able to make guys better. I haven't seen anything remotely close to that. And then you talk about Miles Garrett making plays on defense. Don't forget, he had that special teams thing where he jumps the line and he blocks a kick. He's making plays beyond – Anyone else's capabilities right now, even at special team stuff, just awesome stuff for him. I, I think he's gonna have a great game. I think Geno has been, even though they they won last week, I, I still have seen enough Geno interceptions this year where I'm like, how 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 is this at how did you do that? And he's just gonna make those mistakes. So I <laughs> may not be a pretty game. I, I can't advertise that, but I, I think Cleveland is gonna get some turnovers. Uh, moving on, Kansas City Chiefs at the Denver Broncos. I just wrote nope under Denver and the Chargers uh you know, not, not the not the greatest team for, for Kansas City the up with the, the past week. I just thought Kansas City looked good. They're looking better game by game. I think they're getting more in sync with receivers throughout the, the, the season here and as well as the running backs. I, I just I like the direction of where Kansas City's going and how could you like anything about the direction where Denver's going? I'll take Kansas City, who you got?
0: uh easy one kansas city uh they own denver i think it's a i think it's like a legal legal document that's been signed uh quite some time ago uh as well as uh, i was thinking about it earlier today uh this used to be where the patriots were you know midway through the the season you get to halloween you're six and one and just like the questions that get asked uh, about the chiefs it's just like you have to create content so Ah, you know, are are they this? You know, or do they have some problems here? And all these things go back and forth. But then you've only got one loss, and it's just like, oh yeah, yep, they're they're good. Their expectations are Super Bowl. So you just ask those really hard questions, and that's where you're nitpicking. You're not nitpicking on, hey, you know, this this team is supposed to be 500. It's like, no, no, they're supposed to be in the Super Bowl. So if they're not dominating teams, there must be something wrong. Um, so yeah, definitely against the the Broncos. Even though the Broncos got a win. Even though they're at home, I, I think Mahomes and and company are going to take care of
1: business. Next game: Baltimore Ravens at the Arizona Cardinals. What a performance by Baltimore this past Ooh. weekend! Lamar just beat them down, loads for points and precision and rushing and throwing and just just wow! A, a really spectacular offensive performance by Lamar. A perfect game. I, I don't know how else to describe it. It was it was purely dominant. This game was over in, like, the first quarter after 14-0. Nothing to look back to. And I, I think it's easy to highlight the, the, the explosion on offense, but, you know, they held Detroit to six points. I think the one thing we knew for sure with Detroit is that I, I think we respected their offense. So holding that offense that I, I think may not be the greatest in the league, but one of the better ones, one of the more consistent ones, to only six points – it's just as impressive. I, I thought it was a spectacular win by Baltimore. They're five and two. I'm looking at them completely different after that last week. That is the Baltimore team that everyone will fear in the playoffs and has been expecting to show up for the past couple of weeks. So I I don't think they're gonna have any problems against Arizona. I will take Baltimore on the road. Who you got? Give me, give me some Lamar. Lamar was great.
0: I'm also going with uh with Baltimore. This was supposed to be one of the premier matchups of uh of the week. Two teams, uh you know, not, not, not many losses. It's like, okay, th- this is going to be a, uh, you know, a, a good one. And you are absolutely right. Uh, just to get one f- step further with a stat, uh, I believe it was the Ravens had scored 28 points before the Lions had gotten a first down. It was an absolute shellacking. Uh, I know that Lamar has had some, uh, some, some problems and just the Ravens in general, but I, I, I th- I don't think that the, 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 lions, you know, if you look at the teams that they beat, you know, they got Kansas city right at the very beginning of the year, but their win record wins aren't incredibly dominant. Uh, so I think even though like the Ravens, the Ravens beat them, but still, I, I, if you're, if you're a lions fan, you, you gotta start, you know, I think you were starting to think, Hey, we might be the best team in the league. And then when you, it's, I, I it's not have, just a loss, I have the it's wins. Just, it's just an absolute beatdown.
1: I have the wins. I wrote them down. I was gonna wait till we got. They're the they're the Monday night game. They're the last game. But just just for cohesion, I'll I'll tell them to you right now. These, okay. These are the Lions' wins. They they beat Tampa Bay twenty to six. They beat the Panthers forty two twenty four. They beat the Packers thirty four twenty. They beat Atlanta twenty to six. And they beat Kansas City 21 to twenty. 21-20. That was week one, which feels like last season at this point because that isn't the same Kansas City team anymore, and this isn't the same Detroit team I imagine anymore either. But those are those aren't great, and then the, the losses. You know, they lost with uh thirty eight to six, and they lost uh thirty seven to thirty one to Seattle. Uh, Seattle and Baltimore. It looks like they lost too. Yeah, they just lost to Baltimore. Yeah, they just lost to them right now. That, that's this week. <laughs> too too many stats written down here. I, It's just. But those aren't those aren't good teams. All right, so Tampa Bay Panthers, Packers, Atlanta. Those are four wins that like. Yeah, you're supposed to do that, and I know you're you're limited to what your schedule gives you, but you know I I don't. I don't think you should be scared of this team. Is really what I'm saying right now. Like this, this Detroit team is very beatable.
0: I, and those, those, those six points, those came in the fourth quarter. So, I, almost, I mean, figuratively a shutout. But you, you just, you, you just didn't show up. So, luckily for the Lions, this only counts as one loss. But they're gonna have to get their act together, and we're gonna find out was this, was this the blip? Or was this the, hey, this is really uh, showing everybody what kind of team we actually are?
1: Moving on. Next game, Cincinnati Bengals at the San Francisco 49ers. Oh,
0: oh, Ravens are my, my lock of the week.
1: Sorry. Lock it in. Lock it in. And Did you did you listen to Simmons talk about how the dominant team of the week before has lost the following week, like, regardless? It was like a ridiculous stat. It was like whoever had the massive blowout the week before lost the following week. Like I think Dallas beat, I think they beat, uh, they beat the Jets like forty to nothing or something, and then they lost, they lost to Arizona the next week. Like that's if you go throughout the season, that that has happened like every week. And, and I think Miami put up seventy and then they lost to Buffalo. Uh, I forget what the other one was, but here's another one. Here, you know, Baltimore beat Detroit thirty-eight to six, and then they play Arizona the next day, the next week. This is. It's a weird trend. I don't think it's anything trending truly, but it is a bizarre stat that a dominant team that has scored a ton of points on average this year has lost the next week. Lock it in. I'm
0: willing to go against the trend. Still, you can't you can't shake it from me. I I could easily move it to uh, to the Chiefs, but I don't even think the Chiefs one is fair. Like I said, that's a that's a legal contract that the Chiefs are going to win. That they they own Denver. It's just like it's impossible. So that, I don't even think was fair. So to make it fair, I'm still Baltimore. Lock it in
1: next game Cincinnati Bengals at the San Francisco 49ers Niners playing tonight Cincinnati on a bye not a whole lot to talk about here other than we're gonna wait and see what happens with McCaffrey tonight it sounds like he's gonna play but I I I can't say that for sure and if he doesn't play and Debo's also already been confirmed out I just you know it was easy for Purdy when he had all the weapons I'm not saying he's lost all of them and that he isn't qualified enough to win a game without every single weapon but I just think making his life harder and making this offense have to put more pressure on him is is not the direction they should be going in. And I don't like anything that Cincinnati's done this year. And I, I'm still going to take the Niners. But that is, I want to see what happens tonight before I feel like locking that in or feeling remotely even more confident. Because Cincinnati, if, if they come out and score and San Francisco's without a couple weapons and they can't score, this this defense is going to have to have a ton of pressure on them as well. Uh, I'll I'll take San Francisco at home, but kind of a wait and see on on how tonight goes uh, as well. But uh, who you got?
0: Sounds like McCaffrey's going to play tonight, so hopefully that'll kind of smooth itself out, and there's no further further injuries there. I, I totally get your concern with Purdy, where you know just hasn't even put in a you know a full season as a as a starter, and you know coming off his his first loss and a, in a very long time. You know you you lose those weapons. You know it's it's tough to you know, adjust. Uh, and like you said, they're there, but they're playing tonight. So see how that goes. But I am going to go with the 49ers, but boy, would this be a statement when for Joe Burrow and Cincinnati to say, Hey, we're for real. We are back to go into San Fran and get a win. Even if uh the 49ers skill position players were still uh, a little banged up.
1: And now's the time. I don't know what Cincinnati's waiting for. They, that, that is, this needs to happen. They're three and three. It's it's are we in it or are we out of it? It's it's gonna start happening real real soon. So that that's a huge game for them. Moving on, next game the two and five Chicago Bears versus the two and four Los Angeles Chargers. This is our Sunday night game. This is what we work hard for all week. It just reward to watch them. Good Sunday night football, and and we get to see Tyson Bagnett or Badgett or whatever his name is. I I I can't believe this is the game. I I I don't ever have to be forced to watch the Bears in any individual game. You know, way in any form, any way of it. I don't want to do it at all. I don't even want to talk about them, to be honest. They won this past week. They beat the Raiders. They embarrassed them. I thought Foreman had a great game, but I, I really just want to talk about the Chargers. I think they're going to win this game because the Bears are terrible. But like, this is the the ugliest talented team I've, I've ever seen. Like this was like a beauty pageant. Like they would crush the talent section, but they would just be unseeable on an ugly attractiveness. And I just I can't imagine the Chargers blowing this, but. That would be the most Charger Charger thing would be blowing this. I, I I'll take them at home. I, I I don't know how anyone should have any expectations out of this Charger team. They're just they're just not that good. They're just not. They have talent, but they're not good. They're they're ugly. This, is, this whole team is a mess. What's the what's the good news is that they play the Bears right? Who, who you got?
0: <laughs> not only they play the Bears, they play the Bears with their backup quarterback that is just rising to stardom. I mean. This guy it's been documented uh, pretty well all week that you know he's a D2 quarterback. The last time he played it's like it was like a school for minors. It's like wait, a school for minors? I didn't even know that existed and and they have a football team and he's going from from that to filling in for relief to then winning as a starter and then the next jump is you're playing on Sunday night. Like th- this is crazy. Uh Play, played pretty well last week. Slinging it around for a guy that just kind of came out of out of nowhere that no one knew about uh, two weeks ago. And, uh, yeah, Justin Fields, it seems like uh, confirmed, definitely not going to play. Still has the uh, dislocated dislocated thumb. So it's definitely going to be him. So, it, yeah, I guess you're just <laughs> – the Chargers have to win. They have you know, to. The, they have to.
1: I, all logic, it can't blow – like, if they lose – well, first of all, even if they do lose, if they lose and you pick them, I'm not even going to be comfortable with that. I, I'm going to want to know what you know. You know something I don't know. I, I can't even accept anyone, not let alone you, saying, I think the Bears are going to win this week. Because I don't know what you base it on. You base it on them beating the Raiders, who we're going to talk about next. I, as The Raiders just lost to the Bears in, the, in an embarrassing fashion with a quarterback that's older than our ages combined. Somebody help them. That team needs help. And that's... Oof. That's not a compliment to Chicago. Like you beat a team that's on their last strings. That their best option was playing Brian Hoyer at starting quarterback. I I don't have anything good to say about the Bears. So I it doesn't sound like we love the Chargers. But how how could you pick the Bears?
0: Last somebody's got to win. Last, you know what the you know what the good news for us though is.
1: Uh, there's Rick and Morty on Sunday nights and billion finale.
0: Well, you know, we, we're not quite ready to transition all the way, but there will be basketball on, and you will be able to watch the Hawks at the Bucks during this game, as well as Wimpy we will be playing the Clippers later on during this game. So, if this game is a complete terrible dumpster fire like we're expecting it to be, there will be something that you can just easily switch over to that is also sports. So, don't want to step too much on our, you know, our next next segment, but you know, that, that's the good news is that it's not just going to be football. And if the football is bad, you just have to, just have to eat it.
1: These teams will be lucky. If I even watch their score, I, I might not even watch the box score. There's nothing Ooh, to see. Wow, here. That's rough. Moving on last game, the Las Vegas Raiders at the Detroit lions, neither of them having a week to remember a week. You just want to erase from the past. I talked about how Detroit has a lot of suspect wins and it, it's, I know you just you get to play the guys that are on the schedule. I, I understand that, but if they they can't blow this one, this is very much like the Chargers. They can't. Detroit can't lose this week. They just can't. I don't care who the quarterback is, if it's Garoppolo, Hoyer, or the rookie. I don't even know what the right decision was to do for the Raiders. I just thought whatever decision you did would put you in a better situation than you've been in because that just it just wasn't good. Last week was awful. Like that that's embarrassing that Hoyer started. I I can't. I can't begin to explain on like what was the conversation and thinking this is our best chance to win, like that's that is bleak, right? If Hoyer is your best chance to win, that's bad. That's bad. I'll take Detroit at home. I, I know they got smacked by Baltimore. They didn't even get a touchdown last the last week, but they're much. They're in a much better situation than the problems I just described for the Las Vegas Raiders. Who you got?
0: Give me, uh, give me the Lions. Uh, if there's one coach specifically that I think can take a, uh, take an ass whooping and turn it into motivation. I think Dan Campbell's the guy for it. So I think he's going to get on these guys and say, Hey, you know, you got to look at yourself in the mirror. We did not show up last week. And unfortunately for the Raiders, they are going to be the team that is in their way. And I think that uh, the Raiders are going to get run over.
1: All right. Those are our picks for the week. Hopefully they go better than our past weeks. It would be nice to say, Hey, listen to us. We know what we're talking about. But, you know, it would be so nice. It would be nice, uh, but you can listen to us about our fancy heroes and zeros. I'm sure there's a whole bunch, or maybe there's not even that many this week. Uh, who do you got this week for fancy heroes and zeros?
0: Okay, we got some, you know, a lot of a lot of big names, kind of on both sides, uh, for the fantasy zeros. Uh, he has not been on this list. He's been really much more on the other side. We have uh, Tua. We also have Deshaun Watson, and normally I do not put guys that have uh that got injured on the zeros but he had two interceptions and then left the game so he would have gotten you negative points below zero so I felt like that it was a special circumstance and definitely a guy that uh I mean some fantasy managers you know they were forced to forced to start uh wide receivers Kelvin Ridley on Thursday night even though the the team got the win he only had one point that was uh, frustrating to start the week off Cooper cup is also on that list he was not not good uh, for RBs, again in Miami, we have uh, Raheem Mostert. Uh, then we have Austin Eckler and Josh Jacobs. But then uh, for, for the heroes, I mean, we were already talking about him, Lamar Jackson. who boy, putting up lots of points. By halftime, you were already in the driver's seat. Uh, as well as right behind him, another uh, expected guy should be on this list more often, Patrick Mahomes. For wide receivers, A.J. Brown. I feel pretty silly that, you know, first couple of weeks I was really uh, – kind of upset with this guy. I felt like, you know, hey, I drafted this guy in the first round and he's supposed to be a first round type of guy and he was not doing it. Well, oh boy. I think he has uh 100 yards in the last four games or five games or just he it just he makes very difficult catches. Uh, for running backs, we have Jamar Gibbs. We have Elvin Kamara. He just gets so many catches, so many checkdowns from from Derek Carr. And then uh, tight ends. It must have been hammered over uh, my head yesterday that it was tight ends day, which out of all these made up holidays seems super extra made up that it was on a Sunday. But – uh, we have Travis Kelsey and we have Darren Waller. So very ex- impressive, especially from uh, Travis Kelsey because he's always expected to score a lot of points. so for him to uh, make it to the the fantasy heroes, he really had to go above and beyond and you know he scored a touchdown in the uh, I think it was in the in the second half. Uh, but going uh, in into, into the half uh, was just had already had a hundred plus yards and eight catches it was just uh, just a monster.
1: We're, we're almost at the mid-season point, and we, we can maybe do some some NFL award kind of predictions maybe halfway there. We're, we're, we're getting there. there. There are certainly been some dominant performances uh, this past week. I, I like Kansas City. I, I think they're – if I could pick any of the teams and, like, say, hey, we're in a good position here. Like, if you're the Niners, everything was going great for a while there, right? Like, now it's, it's uh, try, to, try to keep afloat a little bit here and just get everyone back. I, I – I don't know. I'm curious to see how uh, the rest of the season plays out, but uh, we're going to do NBA awards right now for a little preseason debut. We, we're we going to talk a little bit about some bold takes. I, I can't believe the season's already here. I feel like we've spent most of the offseason. It, it just never really went away. I mean, I know we're a sports podcast, and we love NBA and NFL mostly, and we'll find any opportunity to talk about them even in the offseason, but the relevancy of the NBA is, Throughout this past season, has has been insane. The amount of changes, amount of trades, rumors, requests, partnerships, off-season FIBA stuff. Like, I can't wait for this year. I think there's a ton of talent. I also think that there's not as many like who's who are the guys that like tore their ACL last year and are making their way back. Like for the most part, I think like most mostly everybody's like healthy, and I, I'm very excited to see this year of what a healthy healthy battle looks like. There's a lot of talent across the board here. Um I think would you just just start with the MVP or do you want to do some bold takes first? What, what do you want to go with?
0: Uh just wanted to add something uh while we were uh talking, uh breaking news. Uh Giannis signed a three-year extension with the uh with the Bucks.
1: Good good for them. Good for them. They he made his statement, they responded, and it seems like he came through with the with, with what he wanted. They wanted them to make a move and make them more competitive for a championship, and they they didn't they didn't hold back. They if anything, they acted faster than I think any other team would have. Like they could have, they could have pulled this Dame trade halfway through the year. And I don't know if it makes as much sense, but I I give him credit. and I give him credit for kind of coming through and saying I don't even want to wait and see. I'm in. So good, good for him. Good for them. Uh,
0: let's uh, start. yeah,
1: let's uh, let's do the yeah, MVP. Let's little. do the MVP first. Yeah. So MVP was won by Embiid last year. And and I think a lot of arguments have have been made about how he had a disappointing playoffs and didn't certainly live up to the expectations, and that that may be a little bit team related as well. All that being said, I, I think he's actually in a better position this year to try and win it back again. I know that sounds wild. I'm I'm not necessarily picking him to do it, but I'm going to make the argument on why he's my second most likely to win the MVP this year. All these other guys, especially Jokic, like Jokic is on a good team, and I don't think I think everyone wanted to kind of knock the B-plus, C-plus players on his team and not really having another true all-star A. But Embiid doesn't have that either. And I, I think Embiid's going to have a chance to put up even more numbers this year and be even more dependent on him than, than anyone else versus I think Jokic might coast a little bit, and I don't even blame him. Now, I think he knows that nothing really matters until the playoff starts, and there's not really any reason to fear anyone else. Like I think they trust the way they play. I, I think Jokic is the easy number one choice and should be predicted to win but I I'm kind of I'm feeling Embiid I think he's actually ended up having a huge year I think he's tired of everyone talking about all this I think the Harden situation is completely unfair and there's either a scenario where Embiid like gets injured and doesn't play this year or plays awesome and possibly asks for a trade this year but I I think Embiid is going to be spectacular this year I I think it'll be his MVP to lose and it's much more of a process of elimination of I think there's a lot of good teams that have a Multiple All Stars, and that you make the argument of like, well, what does Embiid have for help? So I'm going to the Embiid. Who did you have for for? Did you make like a top two? I wrote two down for everyone in case we had the same one. I could give another take on something. But did you have either of those guys written down?
0: Uh, for a competition I have with uh with my brother, one of our one of our top top listeners, Nate. Uh, we we do a competition, so I have a uh, top five for uh for <laughs> every every award. So I had uh, Embiid at four and i had joker at three uh, i just think that last year when it really came down to it joker just kind of like avoided it on purpose so i think if that were to happen again and i think that the people giving the award are going to say well hey like if you don't want it like we're not going to give it to you so we're going to look elsewhere and i think just last year but those two going head to head was just exhausting and and beat is going to have to go to another level and I just don't think he's going to be able to go to another level, especially with uh hard not playing. They're not going to be able to fill that spot necessarily right away. So I think the team is going to struggle a little bit because they're not going to be at hundred percent. So that's why I had him down, down at four.
1: You, you want to read out the rest of your five?
0: Sure. Number one is Tatum. The past few years, the team that has that the MVP has come from has not necessarily been the, the top uh, team record wise, I think that this year we're going to go back to it. I think the Celtics are going to have the best team. Tatum is going to be the best player on that team, and so he will be the MVP of the league.
1: I, I like – look, that's, that all sounds great. I just – I think we're devaluing the guys he's going to be playing with too much on that. And, and there's a chance that he really is – He I do think he is the best player on that team. I just think there's a lot of other guys that are really good on this team that he's going to be playing along with. I think there will be games throughout this year. But
0: every year – Every year, the guys that are MVP have great guys playing with them. That's why the team is successful. And usually, you, you know, um, if not the one seed, you know, the best, the team with the best record in the league.
1: I, I just think there's an easier argument to be made that there will be nights where Tatum will not be the best Celtic on the floor. There will be nights where Brown's better. There might be nights where Porzingis is better. There might be nights where Drew Holiday's better. There might be nights where Derek White is our best player. And that sounds like a concerning statement, but I don't think that should be anything alarming or concerning. I just think they're going to go wherever the hot hand goes, and we got a lot of guys that are going to be open because of the multiple threats we have. And we're going to punish teams offensively. I wouldn't be shocked if the Celtics led in points this year. I wouldn't be shocked if there are games where we go so ice cold and shoot so many threes that we have no chance of winning. but. I, I just I just have a lot of respect for the rest of the roster on Boston, and I almost feel like picking Tatum to be MVP is kind of insulting to them. I'm all for the success though. That sounds nice. Let's sign up for that. You know, I'm all for the winning. Let's let's do more of that.
0: I agree. And then my my, my fifth was uh, was Steph Curry.
1: I yeah, I think he's for sure relevant, and I, I actually think he's approaching a point where he's getting more value on his shoulders because of the devaluing it of his teammates like his team's gotten worse they're all well aged nobody's
0: yep uh draymond's coming off a uh, off of an injury you know clay is not not the clay of old so i, I think that steph is is well liked so hasn't you know we're like you know tatum would be new the other guys on the on the list have won won the award recently so i could see it getting uh you know him getting back into the mix i think people would would relish the opportunity if this was kind of a, a little bit of a you know a less swing by him to say like hey i i still got it i'm still the best shooter I'm, i you know I, I could still be argued as the the best player in the league i
1: don't think you could argue for any other all-star spot on the warriors i know they gave it to wiggins and it was clay for a little bit here and then it was clay and draymond and Steph for the longest time and i i think Steph's kind of the lonely all-star on that team right now and that could be a lot of MVP votes because it's a weird formula we've talked about this in the past where it's Mm -hmm. like the Tatum thing you just said all right best player on best team that's that's kind of how it should be it's not that it's a campaign it's it's a you gotta get you gotta get votes you gotta have a justified argument and sometimes you're like punished for having good teammates and I don't know if that's the right award but you know I I think the the all-NBA teams do a better job like Tatum Tatum first team all-NBA that should be Let's sign write that in right now, right? Like that that's I'd love for that to be a permanent marker and that to come true. I, I I would love the MVP award, but for me, that is far more attainable and far more of like, hey, he really was one of the top five players in the league this year. Who cares if he campaigned for an MVP vote? <laughs> uh all right, moving on. Rookie of the year. We got a couple exciting rookies. I don't know if you've heard of Victor Wilmanyama, who has been just electrifying to watch. There's always something unexplainable about his size, these blocks defensively that he's making. The block he had on Wiggins, where he just jumps 10 feet in the air and like catches the ball. That's that's insane. That's exciting. Scoot Henderson, another very very exciting rookie. Brandon Miller, exciting rookie. I'm not picking him though. I, I I'm actually gonna go with Chet Holmgren, who's like the second year rookie. I, I don't know if that's even the right terminology of it all, but. He was out all of last year. He's back this year. I think he's going to have a good role on a good team that is going to be really exciting to watch. And I'm not sure Scoot is going to be on that exciting of a team to watch or that good of a team. And I think Wemby, as much as I think he's going to be an immediate impact when he's out there, I worry that the Spurs coaching staff is going to be so fragile with him and so protective of everything that it's going to be Wemby's got a paper cut. He, he's in a room he's in he's in a bubble wrapped room he, he can't even get out like we're just we're resting him we're taking it easy I think there'll be a lot of highlights for Wemby I just don't know if he'll play enough games versus I think Chet already sat out a whole year and is ready to go and that team is going to try to be ready to go as well so I, I'm going with Chat. I, I just think that's a that's a better argument for a team that will have slightly a little bit more success than the other teams uh who, who'd you pick for rookie of the year or, or you want to go five uh, I don't care you can give me your five.
0: Uh, you want me to go from five, five to one? Yeah, or do you want me to go from?
1: Well, did you have any of the guys I mentioned? Where'd you have Chet? Was Chet on your list?
0: Chet, Chet, I had it number, at number two.
1: Number two. All uh, right. It's almost in agreement. I,
0: I get Wemby at uh, at one, Chet at two. Both, the te- both those guys, you know, they're in the West, but they're playing, you know, more kind of middle of the country. You're going to get a chance to see them. I think Wemby is just going to have highlight after highlight. He is going to run away with this, I, even if he does sit. Uh, more often than maybe maybe has to as long as he doesn't get all the way hurt, uh, I think it's gonna be difficult for Chet because Chet is on a team where he is not the main guy. There are uh, quite a few guys ahead of him, and I just don't think that the Thunder are gonna be good enough. Where it's a situation of hey, Wemby is doing this, you know, great stats, bad team, but Chet is doing pretty good stats, but like on a really good team. I think they're both both teams aren't gonna make the playoffs, so I think that's not gonna set him apart. Um, and so that's why I had them both above scoot scoot's going to be in Portland, Portland plays a lot of late night games. That team is going to be bad. So he will get uh, a lot of run, but I don't think a lot of people are going to be able to see it. And then I, uh, I rounded out with, uh, Brandon Miller in, uh, Charlotte as a young guy, he should get a lot of run. The Charlotte Hornets are not going to be very good. And then, uh, the last one, uh, Oster, uh Thompson on, on the Pistons, pistons are going to be bad i think they're going to kind of be tanking again they're still trying to figure things out and uh you know but by that point you're kind of getting it's kind of kind of a, a, a it could be a lot of guys by the time you get to five
1: the, the Wemby watch is going to be impossible to ignore he they probably already have him written down for the award here i just if he only plays 25 games i just don't see how you're going to be able to give him the award he's got to play at least I, I they put a number on it now right He's going to pay like 60 65 games I think to I'm not up.
0: sure if that's the case for rookies, um, but in general, yes, that's the rule.
1: Yeah, uh, well, it'll be exciting. All right, We got young players, they're playing. I, I don't know whether to think Scoot has an advantage or disadvantage of being the guy that is going to have the ball in his hands more, but also the guy that's supposed to set up other guys versus I think Chet and Wemby are going to have the advantage of most people are going to be trying to set them up, We're helping them out, or they're going to be more of a complementary role. Versus Scoot is going to have a chance to be the guy, and that is going to be a tough tough team to drive with, I suppose. You know, he's got to be in the driver's seat for not the easiest situation. And there'll be moments where I think he looks spectacular and moments where he looks like a rookie trying to do a role that maybe he's not quite ready to do. So I don't know whether to say he's going to have more chances or more chances to get exposed. But I'm I'm excited for all these rookies. I think it's going to be a fun year. Uh, Moving on to coach of the year. I I wrote down a lot of teams and I I think there's a couple sneaky teams that'll be better. It's just a matter of, are they going to be better enough to garner the vote and be worth the vote where it's like, okay, so they went from not a playoff team to a borderline playoff team. Great coaching, right? Well, is that more impressive than the team that made the playoffs last year and is now like a top three team? Because I kind of think Atlanta has a chance to do that. And I kind of think Quinn Snyder has a chance to do that. And that who that's who my vote is going to. I, I think Atlanta is going to be sneaky this year. I think they've, if anything, I think we've disrespected them at the to the point where we recalculated like what we thought they were, and now I think they've been underappreciated. And i I think they're going to overachieve this year. So I, I have Quinn Snyder as my coach of the year for the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, did he make your list? No.
0: No, did not make my list. No, he
1: did not. I see, I think Atlanta's gonna end up being like a top four, maybe even top three seed in the East. Is that is that worthy of coach of year? Or who did you have ahead of him?
0: Let me uh let me pull it up here. Uh I went uh right off right off the top. If Tim is MVP and the Celtics are the best. Joe Missoula, he's, he's a young guy coming in. That was uh, what a lot of people were saying. We're, we're holding the Celtics back last year. So if he's able to take two new starters in the lineup from last year, I, I mean, almost a – I shouldn't say a completely different team, but a significantly different team top to bottom than what we had last year and is able to get success out of it. He's already uh, doing coach-type stuff that's, I think, a little more college of uh, – getting a hold of a bunch of the previous Celtics from the the 08 team, getting them at practice. Paul Pierce was there. I saw Rondo was there earlier this week. So stuff that is, you know, in the media where I think sometimes it's hard to tell like what exactly is the, you know, is the coach, you know, doing. So uh, like with a lot of these awards, there's like some some campaign stuff that's going on. Uh, Number two, I have uh, Michael Malone. I think that that team is not, they, they lost some of their guys from last year. So if he's able to have the same success, Uh, Maybe if Joker gets hurt a little bit, but he's still able to, you know, get that team, uh, you know, a top seed uh, could be there. Uh, I don't know exactly how you pronounce it. The, uh, the OKC coach, Mark uh, Dagnall. uh, At four, I threw Eric Spolstra on there because everybody just loves Eric Spolstra and just, you know, the whole thing down in Miami and heat culture. So he's just always on the list. So I threw him on there. And then uh, JV Bickerstaff rounded out number five.
1: Oh, wow. All right. So like I, I had, I had other names. I, I had, I had the Minnesota. I thought Finch for Minnesota. I think Minnesota will have a better year. And, you know, If Edwards takes that leap, uh, these teams got to win enough games. Like I like that you pick good teams that you kind of anticipate being better. I, I wrote down Rick Carlisle. I just don't think Indiana's going to win enough, but I do think he'll get talked about and being like, look what he's done with this team and that team with Halliburton, I think will, will be a lot better than anyone's expecting. But I, I, I'm not against any of the ones. The only one I would really kind of maybe poke at a little bit is I'm all for Smolster in the playoffs, but they're not going for a record-setting regular season, and, and I think that just takes away from his eligibility on the, on the award. Now, all that being said, if they come out and they're like a top-five seed, let alone anything above top five, I think that they'll have a chance to get Smolster that. I just don't see this Miami team, based on what's happened the past years and what's happened this past offseason, being that competitive in the regular season, this team's just counting down to the playoffs. Just got to get in. I mean, they weren't even in last year. They had to play in a playing game, two playing games last year. So, I don't know if they're scared off of that based on the success they had last year. And I just, I, I, I love Spoelstra. I think he's inarguably the best coach in the NBA right now. I just don't know if he'll get enough regular season wins to actually win Coach of the Year. But the other ones, that all makes sense. You know, like best team, best coach. This is a-
0: This is the first award we're going through where it's not just you just go with, hey, who was the best? This is where we get into these, you know, in kind of the awards going forward where it's it's versus what like expectations were. So that's why, you know, our our picks are all over the place where for the MVP and for the rookie of the year, they're pretty, you know, pretty much in the in the same vein.
1: Yeah, I, I just think Minnesota and Atlanta will overachieve whatever their win total was supposed to be. I think they'll they'll be an over and that that'll hopefully get them some coach of the year votes. Uh, all right, moving on. Sixth man of the year. I really tried to make this a competition. I did research. I looked at teams. I looked at like potential rotations and I kind of just kept falling on Emmanuel quickly. I, I couldn't really come up with a better option of predicting what we know right now. And and like I feel like in a week from now I might have a different opinion. But for right now, I'm going with the Knicks and uh, Manuel quickly. I I don't have really much of an argument other than he probably could have won it last year, and he'll have a similar rotation this year. Would uh, uh, he on your list?
0: No, I left him off. I, I don't trust the Knicks. That,
1: that's that's fair. I mean, who who would you go with then? I mean, I had Chris Paul on here. I I think that's it. it just I don't, I think even as Chris Paul has aged as much as he has, I don't know. Like, I feel like he's too good to win Sixth Player of the Year. Is that weird? like a weird thing to say like he's, no i don't think that's weird he's too much of a name like, like it's I, I feel like he'd almost be insulted if we gave it to him like do you think he'd be complimented if it was like hey what a what an awesome career you, you never won mvp defensive player of the year but you had to wait till you're really old to have no rings to play on a team to be sixth man congratulations like i i, I think i'm even sure he's
0: coming off the bench i don't know
1: yeah i don't even know if he is i did you i just i wrote it down i i, I tried to find guys like i said that potential rotations of, of being impact guys consistently off the bench. And I just kept down to quickly. I didn't really have a, any other votes here. So I'm curious to see that you picked five other guys ahead of quickly and, and Paul apparently. So who else did you have?
0: Well, you got to look back uh, historically and before Malcolm Brogdon last year, where I think he was actually like all around a lot of times, this is just whatever guy comes off the bench that scores the most points. So my number one was Norm Powell. Number two, Malik Monk. Then I kind of deviated away from this and went uh, Bobby Portis. Then our guy, Derek White. And uh, rounding it off with uh, Buddy Heald, kind of back to that. Whoever just scores the most points. It's just like it's like all the media guys, they go through and they spend a ton of time on MVP. And there's all these fights and narratives. And then they get tired by the time they get the sixth man. They just like go and go look up and say, all right, who's not a starter? sort by points all right yeah I'm vote for that guy
1: that that all makes sense that's a good
0: I mean look at it Tyler Hero Jordan Clarkson uh you know Montrez Harrell that 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 one's uh you know unusual but then after that it's like all shooting guards Lou Williams Eric Gordon Jamal Crawford Lou Williams again Jamal Crawford again J.R. Smith James Harden like it's just who scores the most points defense all the other stuff uh historically hasn't mattered
1: I'm, I'm, you snuck this in there but I I refuse to allow it. I'm I'm, I'm invoking my host powers here and, and forcing you to take Derek White's name off of the six-man eligibility. If Derek White doesn't start this year after all the fucking trades he made, make more trades. Because this guy needs to start. We, we got rid of half the roster. I know it was part one of two. We didn't know we were getting Drew. But even with Drew Holiday, Derek White needs to start. I don't want to hear the six-man nonsense stuff. I don't want the campaign to start with him even being on the odds for any of this. Derek White needs to start on the Boston Celtics this year. I I, wa- I I want him off. Take it back. I don't
0: think he will start, but I think he will finish the game.
1: Well, that's that's like the ultimate six man award. Or, there at the that's at the,
0: the or at the very at the very least uh, won't like maybe yeah. won't have that. Just like he will only come off the bench. It's just like no, he'll kind of like Missoula might kind of try some things out, and it won't be something that they're campaigning for for him.
1: I believe the Mavericks that won, I don't think Jason Terry started, but I do believe he finished. That would be a good role. I would, that would I would accept, where he kind of plays starter minutes, but he doesn't necessarily start the game. But I I, I still think he's, he's going to play a lot. I think these other guys are going to need a hell of a lot more rest than he is and that he's going to sneak into more starting lineups than, than you think, where we rest Tatum, we rest Brown, we rest, we rest Prazingis, we rest, we rest Al, those guys are going to get the rest before white to the point where I think he's going to be the fill in so much that I don't think he's going to even qualify for six man.
0: That's why I'm down down at four, but so not necessarily the, uh, necessarily the case I'm seeing some people interested in, uh, for some long odds on, uh, on drew holiday for six man of the year. But I just, I, I get the basketball part of it, but there is a contract and there are certain, outside of basketball things that have to be taken into consideration that uh Missoula will have to do all
1: right moving on defensive player of the year I wrote down a couple names I I think last year you were team Mobley I was team Jared Allen it probably could have been any either of them I was not on the Jaron Jackson Jr. bandwagon however this year if that team in Memphis with the injuries that they have to Stephen Adams and Clark, and him truly being the only big on there. If they end up having an impressive defensive performance at all, like, I'm talking, to, this team is like a six seed without jaw, and he is the main centerpiece for the defense. I think he'll have even more votes and even more reasons to vote for him this year than in the past. But I don't have his number one. I have Giannis' as number one, because I think lightening the load on him having to run the offense and do anything offensively or any of the clutch plays, and just letting him play defense and clean up and rebound and just be this freak monster in the paint. I, I think he's just going to being a dominant defensive player this year. And I think it'll be down to those two. I, if Jackson gets a whole bunch of opportunities, I think he'll have a chance to outshine everyone with a, with a lesser supporting cast. And that'll hopefully cast him a little bit more value. But I think Giannis is a safe pick here. I, I, I'm locking that in. Uh, did you have these guys on your list? Uh, Darren at one
0: Giannis at two. I agree where I just think Giannis is just, you know, with, with the injury last year, how they got bounced by Miami, and he's just kind of been stewing all year. And uh, I think we've talked about it, but just he's the guy that's going to play. Like, yep, there's still going to be load management. They're trying to kind of get rid of it. There's been some weird NBA-supported reports saying, oh, no, no, no load, load management, they, that, that's not real. That that doesn't really actually do anything. It just kind of suspect, you know, coming from the NBA right before there's going to be a big uh, TV contract coming up. But I think just in general, he wants to, wants to play. He's going to force his way to, 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 be playing, uh, should, should stay healthy, uh, after him, uh, I went Mobley, uh, and then some, you know, just, uh, regular favorites. I got, uh, Anthony Davis and I got, uh, Bam out of Bayou.
1: How many wins does San Antonio need for Wemby to get any defensive player of the year votes? Cause I mean, if he's plays, they gotta like- be,
0: they gotta at least be flirting with a play in spot.
1: All right. And he's got to play at least 65 games, I think. And I'm just saying that just to be even considered in the conversation here. So there's like a minimum that he's got to hit, and there's a minimum wins of success that this team needs to have. But I do think just him being out there is going to be a stupid amount of blocks where people are going to underestimate a lot of things about him. I actually think he's been impressive with not fouling. I don't know how long that'll hold up against playing against the really, really good guys that are really ready to go, but I think he's got a chance. He's just gonna naturally block shots. Like he, I think he may just garner votes. Like are just gonna to come to him. But maybe not this year. Perhaps, perhaps next I think, year.
0: I think defensive player of the year is a little bit different than MVP, where if you're just putting up, you know, those kind of stats. So I think he could be in the mix. But yeah, to win it, you gotta have to. You gotta have to be on a on a team that's you know in the playoffs.
1: Top ten seed, sixty five games, and he's got to average what four blocks. Because I, I don't think that's crazy. Like, I, I think that's... That is crazy. Four blocks a game? That's how he's going to win. That's how he's going to win being a 10 seed in the West. He's going to win Defensive Player of the Year by being a 10 seed in the West, averaging four blocks a game. I, it's it's possible. Four blocks a game? I don't think it's impossible. He, he's just... He puts his hands out. People are just going to shoot into his hands. All, All right. right.
0: That, wouldn't be a, that wouldn't be a record. I'm looking it up. Uh... Mark Eaton holds the all-time record, uh, five and a half, and Manute Bowl, and these are both in the mid '80s, averaged five blocks a game.
1: Well, that's the only way he's going to win. That'd be so many blocks.
0: That would just be like so dominant for fantasy.
1: If he plays, I don't think he's going to play sixty-five games. So, like, sure, fantasy-wise, it's great for half the season. Every other, every other game he's playing, every other block he's
0: averaging five blocks. Well, hold on. We, That's so we, many.
1: I, I said four. you You're dr- Five, and he's setting records. <laughs> four is absurd, but I just think, I think there's a possibility. I don't think there's ever been anybody like this. I also think that he is a competitive person, and he is going to recognize that his offensive abilities, albeit great and really good for the age he's at, the, his best way to impact this game is going to be on defense. It's going to be way easier for him. It's going to be hard to be a number one option on offense in the NBA on your rookie year, but his pure size and ability that he has right now today is good enough to get I think four blocks a game. If he if he's able to stay out of foul trouble and if he's able to play. But you know, are these guys going to be able to stay in games as well? Like once it, once it's blown out, I don't think they're, you know, this team's down 25 in the second half. I don't think Bombie's going back in. What are we what are we doing here? We don't we don't need to do that. So like I worry about games like that where if they're not really that competitive a team, let alone not even winning enough games, it, I don't think he's even going to be in the conversation. So but next year can we we lock it next year. I mean, do you not see the where this is going? This trend seems like it's his to lose.
0: Jaron Jackson Jr. averaged three blocks per game last year.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if Wemby, and that was
0: the most. That was mo- that was the most by half a by half a block.
1: That's pretty good. It's pretty good. He fouled a lot last year too. So the impressive part with him is that he was able to do it on almost limited minutes that he handcuffed to himself. <laughs> limiting opportunities. All right, well, that, that, that's exciting, but we'll see how that one all plays out. Uh, next category, most improved player. I I kind of – I wrote down a lot of names. I have some love for certain players that I, I – I, I don't like the order of all this. I could go in another order. Like, I want to give it to Franz. I want to say that's going to happen, that Franz Wagner should be the, the winner of this, the, the FIBA champion from Germany, is going to have a spectacular year in Orlando, and all that might be true, but I don't know if Orlando is going to win enough games or if Orlando gets enough attention. I think there's an advantage to someone like Austin Reeves being in L.A. That's going to just get him a little bit more votes. But above all of all of those two players, I still think Mikhail Bridges is going to be the most deserving of it. Now, we all know how the votes go. I just feel like the votes are going to go to Austin Reeves, and they're not going to go to uh, Franz or Mikhail Bridges. But those would be my votes. I, if you're asking me to pick one to bet on, I would bet on Austin Reeves. But I am picking Mikhail Bridges. Uh, are these guys on your list, at least? Am I talking to the same person? <laughs> Reeves is not on
0: the list, but Mikel is uh, my number one pick.
1: Did Franz make it?
0: Franz did not make it.
1: He didn't make it. Was he Was he too good last year? Because that's the other weird thing about this. Like, when Ja Morant won it, it was like, well, he was an all-star. Like, of course, like, yeah. But wasn't this the trajectory that he was supposed to be? He was supposed to be this good? Like, Austin Reeves, I feel like, he had a, a lower ceiling. And now there's an expectation where it's like, wow, he really became a player like that's how i remember most improved players kind of being historically bridge is a similar way where he was a role player over there and now he's become the main guy and you think everyone's gonna be shocked on how well he handles that and how much of a workload he's able to really dish out and it's a good situation to get some votes i just it's gonna be a shame when they just lock in austin reeves because he's got that laker jersey on Mm mm-hmm all right, last one. Uh, Executive of the year. We don't always do this one because I don't always think it's as exciting of a conversation. Trying to figure out who's made some good moves, whether it be you know trading, or GM sort of work, or just assigning coaches. I, I I wrote down two names. I think it's down to uh, Boston and the, the Lakers here between Stevens and Palinka, GM wise, and I I think that they've made a bunch of good off season moves. I think both of these organizations are spectacular going into this year they improved their situation from last year and neither of the situations they were in last year were truly terrible so it's an exciting move and it'll kind of come down to I think whoever whoever has more success this year I think Boston's a safer bet so I think that that's uh, that's, that's what I'm going to go with I, I think they're going to win a lot of games and they are going to win a lot of games because of a lot of the moves they've made and I think some of those moves are much more than just the trades it's keeping with sticking with Joe Missoula like that's a that's a big move right there so like I if this works out I, I think that there's no way that Boston doesn't win it. But who'd you have?
0: Uh, I'm also going with Brad, but agree with what you said, as well as Giannis just signed an extension for three years. You know, after I had written down my pick, you know, as they happened while we were talking on the podcast. So I wonder if I should be switching it over to the bucks uh, because if the changes you make, make it so Giannis was willing to sign a three-year extension, that's a pretty good move as an executive.
1: Yeah, it's it's just about it's just about as much you could do. You could uh, you were hoping for that. This is the result you're hoping for. Uh, I, I actually I forgot we have we have the clutch award uh, as well. So yeah, I, I don't know how to really define this. I feel even worse trying to pick it. But I wrote down Donovan Mitchell and Trey Young. I think that Tatum and Lillard are both fair for the conversation. I, I this is. This is a weird one where you gotta be—you can't be dominant and in close games at the same time, right? Like So it's, it's <laughs> kind of almost like picking the kickers in football where it's like you want a good offense but not a great offense. And I think Donovan Mitchell and Trey Young are just more likely to fall into those sort of categories. So I wrote Mitchell down for my top pick. I wouldn't be shocked if Trey Young also got some votes and panned out having a whole lot of success. But uh, who did you go with?
0: Uh, I went with Dane. He has the track record, uh, two game winners and game sevens in the playoffs. Uh, You know, this is a regular season award, but I think a lot of it is going to be uh, he is going to be playing in a lot more nationally televised games to be playing with Giannis. There's going to be a lot of Giannis fans and as well as playing in the East, uh, in the Eastern time zone, a lot more of the time. Uh, I think uh, if, well, I know he's, he's been in Portland the entire time. And so I think there's gonna be a whole group of casuals that know like, Oh yeah, you know, Dame Dame's pretty good, but when you get to see him all the time, uh, I think it's just gonna, it's gonna sway some votes and it's going to just be much, it, it, the access to him is just gonna be much, much better than it was when he was in Portland.
1: I think he should be, yeah, I mean, everybody should be excited. Even us just watching that Dame isn't going to have to do all of the, the heavy lifting throughout the game. And that the luxury that he is of being a clutch player at the end He's just going to have to really do that. I mean, he's going to do scoring, run an offense and all of that, but think of, think of what, everything he had to do to get a win in Portland. It's like, all right, so I got to be the best player, do all of this stuff, and then at the end of the game, I got to be clutch and insane, and and he did that. I can't imagine how he's got to be feeling with the teammates he has now in Milwaukee uh, of just being like, wow, all these guys need is for me to be clutch at the end of this game, and we're set. We're in a really good situation. I, I am fearful of that because I do think he is exceptional at the end of the game, and Giannis not so much so that's I, I like what if Giannis just turn, turns into the Damian Lillard rebounder at the end of the game where Dame just shoots from half court misses Giannis gets it back kicks it back out to him and just throws it
0: right back to she him just throws it's it terrifying. back
1: at, yeah and he just shoots another oh, half yeah, that's, court that's,
0: one. that's been the whole talk of yeah they're getting that it's a, it's a perfect it's a perfect match and that's a it's a real concern as a Celtics fan
1: yeah all right well those are our NBA awards I, I real quick wanted to give a couple bold takes of uh maybe Some things you think will happen and some things you don't think that will happen. I'm going to kick this off with that we didn't really mention anything about Luka. I I think Luka is still inarguably like a top five player. I don't know if I would draft him as a top five player in fantasy, but it's incredible how much respect I have for him and how talented I think he he is. Defeating the Clippers in the playoffs single-handedly, basically, in that this team always feels like they're in the off season of making moves and all the moves they look at, I'm like, ah, really? Like I just feel like they settled. Like nobody they didn't get anything they wanted. They just settled for the scraps and the scraps weren't even that great. And sometimes they trade their scraps or even more scraps, scraps that other people don't even want, and then they re-sign them and it's I don't think Dallas is going to make the playoffs, is is what I'm getting to. And this is going to be two years in a row with a guy that I think is inarguably a top five guy in the in the in the league is going to miss the playoffs again. And maybe it's a style of play maybe it's a usage or maybe it's just that you didn't put a good team around him like I don't know what the right team to put around him is but I don't think we've gotten remotely close to it and maybe it's maybe we actually blame Luca a little bit more but I don't think Dallas is gonna make the playoffs I think this is gonna be a disaster from the get-go I don't think that they have good shooters I don't think they have anything close to a good defense and I'm not in on Kyrie I just think it's a matter of time before he realizes how weird this whole thing is and that he starts being a a problem that he hasn't even become yet so i, I don't think dallas is going to make it that's kind of like my hot take how are you feeling about dallas you got him in you got him out a little iffy
0: it seems like a real concern that the season starts tomorrow and he has no timetable for a calf injury uh where the last time that i think we saw him play was in a preseason like the first preseason game that was over in europe and it was just like he wanted to do really wanted to. it wasn't a um you know, resting. It's you know something's really wrong. So only played like a tiny little bit and it's you know it's end of October now. It's it's not August where it's ah, you know, let's we'll figure this out. And uh I, I got other concerns. They're starting Derek Lively at center, coming from Duke. Uh top uh guy out of high school, but he's he's a little more, you know, in the uh, you know the Rob Williams or the Clint Capella of just like he, he's a rim runner, so I don't think he's gonna be asked to do a lot. But just as a as as a rookie, you know that's it, it, it's difficult. It's difficult to just step in if you're gonna contribute to a. It's hard enough in general to contribute to a playoff team, let alone if you're gonna you're gonna be the starter. So I have some some concerns there as well as what they did at the end of last year. I just think that somehow karma is gonna come back and it's gonna bite them. That they had a chance and then they just completely shut it down and said, no, no, we don't want to go to the playoffs on the other side, Miami fights. And they make it all the way to all the way to the finals. I don't think there was any reason why, uh, Luca and that team couldn't have done it. So I just think if there's some sort of things could go one way or the other, I think it's going to go against Dallas to say, Hey, you know, you gotta, you gotta try. I know this is a, it's kind of silly to say, but that's where I, I, I don't, I don't like, uh, I, I'm not a huge, uh, Dallas supporter this year.
1: All right. You want to give us some good news or bad news on a bold take?
0: Good news.
1: What do we got for good news?
0: Zion's playing over 65 games, and he's going to make one of the uh, All NBA teams.
1: This isn't good news. This is a prayer. This is like a religion. What are
0: you talking about? That's good news.
1: This is a religion. You're hoping for happen here. Who are you? you, What are you hoping to happen? There's no pattern or history that remotely gives you the evidence to think that that's going to happen. I wrote them down as missing the playoffs. Unfortunately, I. I don't know what I don't know what I want to happen with New Orleans. I I so that sounds great what you're describing right there, but that also sounds like a fantasy. It it just doesn't seem possible. It, like you really think that there's going to be a year where Zion's actually able to play from start to finish. This year. This is it.
0: Do you, do you want bold takes or do you want like wimpy, like soft takes?
1: No, I just didn't want you to pick another Duke player. I was happy to bring up Lively. I thought that was concerning. It what are you a-
0: talking about another Duke player? I just mentioned it because Lively's on the team, but I don't think I really even put him in a very flattering light. I was like, I'm, I'm hoping for him. but oh, no, I'm you giving know, you credit give-
1: for being critical of a Duke player and oh, not just oh, okay. having the fantasies of like, yeah, Zion for MVP. He's going to have his own shoe deal and whatever by the end of the year. Just massive stuff. I. I would love to see it. I'm not rooting against Zion. I'm not rooting against the Pelicans. I actually think Ingram had a rough FIBA Olympics, and if anything, he should have a chip on his shoulder because I think he is a, is a very effective NBA player, and it, it just maybe didn't work within a system at, at FIBA over there, but I think he can work very well with the team he has here in New Orleans. I just, I, just, There's something off about this team, man, and until I see what you're saying about Zion, I have a hard time buying into it. Like I like I said, what is the evidence to think that? Like, we hope for that, but I've seen nothing remotely close to making me think that that is going to happen. That is why it's a bold take. Yeah. I don't, I think it's crazy. There's one the, the, the segment where
0: you're supposed to go, yeah, hey, I think Joker is going to be good this year. Uh-huh. Do, do you want me? Because I could tell you that. I could tell you to draft Christian McCaffrey if you want.
1: I'm so envious of you. I have McCaffrey going on in a couple hours right now, right? The, the, the easy. He might not even yeah. play tonight.
0: Take all right we' playing, don't worry,
1: what do you got for bad news then what who who's gonna disappoint this year or disappoint you who's gonna disappoint me and poof. or themselves. Well, yeah. who, what, did you have a bad news one I had Dallas out did you also well, have is Dallas? It,
0: I don't know if it's I don't know if it's bad news uh it, it's bad news for some people, but it's good news for me. I think Miami's gonna be back in the uh, in the playing games. I think we are going to be doing the exact same thing we did last year when we're the one seed and just hoping that they're not the, uh, the seed So we don't have to go against them in the first round of the playoffs, but I think they're going to be at the bottom and they're going to be fighting and scraping just to, just to get into the playoffs again this year.
1: I think Memphis and Indiana will be playing teams and that's good news for Indiana. And that's maybe not what you want to be hearing from Memphis. Although maybe Maybe it is what you want to be hearing from Memphis. You don't have a whole lot of things going your way into this season between jobbing ja out that you make the trade for smart. I think smart is out right now. I don't think he's healthy. You lost. No, I
0: think, I think he, I think he's back. I think he played the last preseason game. Cause it was like, Hey, like he hasn't played yet, but I'm pretty sure he played that last preseason game.
1: They don't have Tyus Jones anymore, which I think is a huge loss that they haven't replaced. And that this whole, we were pretty good without jaw had a lot to do with him. And then they just lost Steven Adams again, which was the main problem last year that they said they we, we, this team doesn't function without a big and specifically Steven Adams. You know, he's the veteran leader. And it's like, guys, just grow up. You got to be able to do this without him. Like he's not even that much of a. He doesn't move the needle that much. Like it was incredibly that the value that this team personally had for him, for a player that is very good. I'm not taking anything away from Steven Adams, but isn't like a game changing aspect Like they should have been able to overcome that. And now that they were like, no, don't worry, he'll be back this year and he's he's gone already. He's it's it's not happening. And Clark is out for the whole year. He's got an Achilles thing he's getting over from. I I just don't like what Memphis is set up for right here, without Jaw and being relying on guys like Derek like they're gonna be relying on Derek Rose this year. Do you do you like the idea of that in the Western Conference of saying like Derrick Rose is gonna play critical minutes for us? I
0: I don't like I saw that. him play for, for, for the Knicks and it it's not the best strategy.
1: Now, the upside, uh, the good news. Is I think Indiana is going to make the playoffs. I think Halliburton is going to be great. I think Bruce Brown is going to be really fun to play with him over there. Uh, I think Miles Turner and, and there's there's some there's some talent going on over there at in Indiana, and I think that they are going to have a whole lot to to let everyone know about. I think they're going to have some swagger this year. I'm I'm in on Halliburton. I'm very excited for that. Uh, any other NBA takes you wanted to share with the people before the season kicks off this week?
0: That that's all I got. I'm sure I'll have more takes as the season gets going, but I am very excited. Uh on Friday, uh I was forced to uh, to watch baseball cuz that's what uh that was the only thing that was on. It actually turned out it was a really good game between the uh the Astros and uh and the Rangers. There was a not quite a a fight but you know, it was benches benches clearing. It was very exciting. I didn't like uh, how it ended with Altuve hitting a very clutch uh, three-run home run to uh, seal that that victory. That game seven is tonight. But also going on that Friday was a uh, countdown to craziness. So Duke was uh, starting off their, uh, their their pep rally, and at the same time, I was getting ready for my uh, first fantasy basketball draft. And just knowing basketball is just it's just right here. It's just it's so exciting. All I know is I like well, I got one. One, one, one more sleep, and then there is going to be two very juicy games tomorrow night.
1: Basketball is here. Last week we talked about me picking and joining a fandom to a new college basketball team. I was previously a Syracuse fan and Beheim retired, and the relevancy of Syracuse basketball has certainly weakened to the the point where we thought it was eligible for me to pick a new team. And I, I did a pick. I made a pick. I made a pick last week after the podcast. I I'd had some nominees, and I lived with it for a little bit. And I realized that you know, being the fan of all of this, I, I tackle and take on a lot more than just being a fan of this. I take on the alumni of all of this, the alumni of the players that are currently in the NBA. And I, I don't even want to tell you what the school was, but I, I started looking at like the players I was going to have to start supporting, and I got off board. I got off. I got off. I got off the bandwagon in a week. So. It's going to be michigan state it wasn't michigan state originally but it's going to be michigan state because i don't feel like i'm ever going to get off the bandwagon i've already kind of been on it quietly in the last couple of years i think it's the most natural thing for me to do like the other thing was i felt like i was faking it with this other school like all week I was like oh yeah that's right i gotta care about the school now Oh right, yeah, yeah, these guys play on this week oh yeah here are the big games for this and i was like i i just don't feel it i don't feel the connection to it at all but i i feel a lot more of a connection to michigan state it wasn't the team I anticipated picking. And if Izzo retires in three years, this is just a, a segment that just grows on, where it's just like, let's give Will a new team, <laughs> one, one more run. It's like just continuous grad school every couple of years. We'll just, we'll just add a new one. Uh, but that, that is the big announcement. It's going to be Michigan State. So any smack talk you want to give me for the rest of the year and until Izzo retires or moves on to whatever he does, uh, I'm ready for it. Watch out. Spartans are coming.
0: I am – not all the way surprised, but I will say I'm surprised that you picked a team, looked at the players and said, oh no, I don't feel comfortable with that. And then went with the school that Draymond Green is from, who I know him best as the guy that punched his own teammate. So uh, that's interesting. Uh, the other thing is uh, you're, you're jumping right into this with uh, with both feet because uh, Champions Classic, it is Duke, Michigan State, and that is less than a month away.
1: So get ready. I'm, I'm ready. I'm I'm. I, I need to remind myself that see, I'm not going to have to remind myself as much that I'm a Michigan State supporter at this point. Versus these other schools, the other school that I did pick last week, I was already having to remind myself, and it didn't feel natural. It felt very forced. It felt like I was— This
0: was going to be easy. It's going to be easy to remember. You've already been flirting with them for a while, and no one's going to be surprised that this is your new team.
1: I, yeah. The other thing is, is I know enough about Michigan State from the past, and these other schools, it was like I really was going to have to go do history because if somebody called me out on it, being like, hey, you're a podcast fan and you're a fan of this school— have you heard a blah blah blah? And it's like, I have no idea. I don't. I, I'm just. I don't want to be that guy. So I'm. I'm no, locking it in. That's fair. I'm, I'm doing that. Uh, I know we didn't get to any college football headlines today. I imagine they're going to play again next Saturday, and hopefully we'll have more time for that with the NBA taking a whole lot of time today in the picks. But uh, thank you as always for listening. Make sure you follow us on our social media and subscribe anywhere you can get your podcast. Uh, little column A, little column B, LCA, LCB. On X, as well as Zach's X account, is Wicked Z Man 24. Uh, anything you want to add for the people out there? Go Celtics! That, that time of the year. Patriots win and a Celtics win in the same week. We might not get a lot of those. Ooh, Watch out! Go. Column a, a, little column B.